0: Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon, Just then, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, "'Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon.' But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, "'Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us.' He answered, "'I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel.' The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ.
1: May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. In 1 Kings 17, there is this story about the prophet Elijah. A famine of both God's word and of rain has fallen upon Israel. And so Elijah is sent to this area of uh, Sidon and Tyre in which he encounters this widow woman. And the widow woman has but just a little bit of meal and a little bit of oil. But she trusts in the prophet Elijah even though she is a Canaanite. And she offers Elijah what it is that she has. In the Old Testament, in times in which the people of Israel's ears were closed to God. It oftentimes seemed that the people of Tyre and Sidon were willing to accept the prophets, welcome them, and hear what God has to say to them. It is in this backdrop that we come to today's gospel story. The last few chapters, Jesus has been busy at work healing and comforting, calling Um, people into right relationship with God, calming storms, feeding the multitudes. And the response from that in Matthew's gospel is that the Pharisees come out to challenge Jesus, not caring so much about the people who were once hungry but are now fed, not caring so much about those who were sick but are now healed, not those who had a broken relationship with God but now have been restored but they want to know from Jesus, why is it that your disciples do not ritually wash their hands before they eat? We might sit there and, and, and kind of have a little bit of compassion with the Pharisees. If you've ever been somebody who has noticed somebody leaving the restroom without washing their hands and you throw a judgmental glance at them. You might feel a little bit and understand how they felt. But Jesus reminds the people who hear that it is not what comes into us that makes us unclean. It is what comes out of us. Jesus says that it is lying and adultery, it is murder. Those are the things that make us unclean. Worrying about whether we have followed the intricacies of law around purity, Jesus says, is sort of missing the point. It's almost as if Matthew is retelling the story of 1 Kings 17. And so the ears were closed about God's work in the world. And so Jesus goes to the area of Tyre and Sidon, goes to the land of Cana. And there he encounters this woman whose daughter has been sick for a long time. She begins to beg Jesus to heal her daughter. And any of us who has had a child who has been sick can understand the predicament that she is in. We probably even have an enormous amount of compassion for her frustration and her fear and her worry. The disciples say to Jesus, Jesus, come on, just give her whatever it is that she wants so that she will go away. And Jesus responds to the disciples and says, remember, my calling is to the lost sheep of Israel. It isn't to this Canaanite woman. On this side of the cross, Jesus' ministry was to the people of Israel to proclaim that the kingdom of God has come near and inviting them to live in God's kingdom. We oftentimes sort of forget that Jesus is Jewish and that Jesus is the Messiah for the Jewish people. We have oftentimes in the Christian religion or tried to erase Jesus' Jewishness as a way to try to make his universality a little bit easier to believe in. We seem to forget that God called a particular people into being the people of Israel, asking them to be a light to the world, asking them to be a sign and the witness of God's power in the midst of a world which goes counter to God's ways, and offering a hope that the healing of the nations will occur These hopes are captured most vividly in Isaiah's messages in which he promises that there will come a day in which there will be no more war and the lion and the lamb will lie down together. We love the idea of the lion and the lamb lying down together, we just aren't so sure that we like the fact that it comes from a particular story and a particular people. Our modern ears hear the chosenness of Israel and we think that it sounds exclusive. Theologians have used the term, the scandal of particularity, to describe how salvation is not brought in the abstract, but in the specificity of Jesus of Nazareth. That the kingdom of God is not brought sort of in the nebulous way, but in the specificity of a person who was born and died under the Roman Empire and raised to new life. This message in which we hear Jesus saying, my first calling is to the people of Israel, we pick up a portion of this in our liturgy when we pray the prayer of humble access. We pray in that prayer that we are not worthy so much as to gather up the crumbs under thy table, but you, Lord, you are one that always show grace. Dr. Lauren Winner, a Orthodox Jewish person who turned Episcopalian and a professor at Duke, reflects on the history of violence by Christians towards Jewish people. Often using the often using the desecration or the stealing of a communion host as the excuse and the reason for the violence. And she says that the prayer of humble access, in which we pray, we are not worthy so much to gather up to the crumbs of thy table, is a way for us to remember that our story is ultimately a story about Jewish hope and Jewish calling and Jewish chosenness which is made real for the entire world in the death and resurrection of Jesus. That the prayer of humble access is not about our sinfulness. No, she says, that it is a reminder that we have been grafted into a story, a particular story about a particular people, about a particular way in which God is going to save the world, and a hope that is given in Jesus Christ to all. We're invited in this text to remember that oftentimes we too, the people of God, have closed our eyes and our ears and our mouth to God's ways. And God can work beyond the limits that we try to place because God's ways are ways of graciousness and of love. That God is not bound by our limits, but God is limitless. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. For more, go to ChristChurchTulsa.org. And peace be with you.